Welcome to the Just a Plane Ticket Away podcast, where we talk about travel, living and working abroad, travel tips, and anything related to travel. We will interview guests who have traveled extensively or are currently living and working around the world. This is a podcast for those who are looking to start the digital nomad or remote work journey, and for those who are currently digital nomads or are working remote. Your dream destination, new friendships, or maybe even your new home is just a plane ticket away. And now, here are your hosts, Don and JJ. Hey, JJ, how's it going? Hey, Don, nice to talk to you again. Yes, I like I said uh, before every episode, I do enjoy these talks here because it allows us to get together and just chat about things that we're, we're very passionate about, and that's travel, digital nomad, and anything related to travel. Yeah, and I'm also very passionate about the summer, and the summer is starting in Europe. So uh, it's really great to see. It's sunny again and uh, warm every day. Uh, we go to the beach. I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not as hot in Europe as it was last year because I remember last year there was the heat wave. And uh, when I got there, when you were there the whole time, but when I got there in August, it was quite hot. So I'm hoping it's not so hot this year. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, but so far the year is going pretty well. That's great. Yeah, even even here in Canada, uh, where I am right now, the weather has been great for the last while. Been able to get out and golf, and I think because the weather is has been so nice, I haven't had that uh, feeling of I need to get out of here. I've actually been really enjoying being back home, enjoying the weather, and even right now, I'm sitting out on um, my brother's deck. And I have my computer set up out here. And yesterday I worked from outside the whole day. The sun's not shining directly in my face, but it's just nice to be able to sit outside and enjoy this uh, weather here. It's not a beach, but it's still pretty nice. I got a park behind me here. Yeah, it's amazing. Last night we were playing um, board games out on a patio until midnight. And and the weather was so great. Uh, It's so nice. I really miss that from um, when we were back in, uh, in South America and, and uh, in Mexico to just be able to be out all night and it's still warm. Yeah, that's the, when it's nice, then you just want to be outside. What time does it get dark over there in, in Paris where you are? Oh, sorry, in um, East France. Sorry. In East, it's, um, yeah, around 8 o'clock uh, now. Um, okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's getting longer. Um, so it's really great. Yeah, one of the cool things about here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, is that uh, right now it doesn't get dark until probably this, you know, ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and so you know, there's days where <laughs> I want to go to bed by nine, but it's still bright outside, so I got to either close the blinds or like it's just it's hard to really adjust to try to go to bed early because the light's still out. But um, one of the you want to go to bed at nine? I wake up at five. <laughs> Holy. Well, I, I want to, you know, there's days where I'm tired and I, and I want to go to bed and, and everything. But um, one of the great things is I can still go to the golf course at 7.30 p.m. and do, let's say, nine holes, finish by 9.30 or even go a little bit later, finish by 10, and I can still golf. So uh, it's great that the days are long. They're not as long as, let's say, up in Norway where I think they only get a couple hours of, of darkness a, a day, but it's still pretty cool. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And as we're talking right now, there's an airplane going by because we have the airport not too far away. So I, I love the sounds of, of the airplanes here. <laughs> See, I can't record my uh, side of the podcast outside because there's a lot of seagulls uh, around. I'm not too far from the sea. And so 
they're you know nice and all, but <clears throat> very loud, very loud. <laughs> nice. So before before JJ and I started recording here, we were actually just talking about um, like minimalism and minimal being minimalistic and um, how it's a little bit difficult for us like to be able to you know even for me more recently here coming back and having access to a lot more of my stuff and even uh, I'm currently staying at my brother's house here but just having all this stuff around me where I was just used to having my backpack and a suitcase and uh, we're having a pretty good conversation about that and um, we're just talking about how it's so much nicer just to have you know your couple your your certain belongings but it's also nice to have the extra things as well too ajj eh, yeah absolutely i think well because the travel forces you to sort of become a minimalist you know, you can only take so much stuff with you um so it's a great way of if you're if you're not a minimalist normally to kind of see what that's like um when you go away for a few months or how we've been doing maybe for you know six months or a year at a time or something longer and you're just living out of the stuff that you have with you you know in general just a suitcase and a backpack or something then you really see exactly what's important uh for your day-to-day life what you need and what you can live without and then it really helps to give you that sort of perspective and when you come home and are back with all your things and all your regular stuff, you can get a much better perspective on actually what is really important in the things that you have to keep and what is stuff that you're just keeping just because you have the space to keep it. But really it's sort of taking up space anyways. Yeah. And, and, a, and a great travel tip for everybody is that pretty much everywhere in the world you go to now, you can buy anything you need. Uh, you know, even, even certain brands of, I know some people are a little bit sensitive to, for example, toothpaste. Uh, you know, I use, you know, uh, Sensodyne and, and everywhere I've gone in the world, you can find that toothpaste there. Yeah, the cost might be a little bit more, but there's no need to load up before you go because you just buy it when you need it. And when you run out, you just get it. Uh, and anything, anything else that you need as well, you can pretty much find anywhere in the world. So... Uh, you don't need to do that. But yeah, it's great to just have what you exactly need. And then if you need something else, you can buy it. If you need a new shirt, you can buy a new shirt. And then maybe take out one of the old shirts that you have worn for a while and just kind of leave that there. So it is. Yeah, with clothes especially, because that's one thing people immediately think, oh my God, I need like a bunch of clothes because I may, I may have to go to this kind of event or this for this situation or that situation. And they kind of, want to bring everything with them for all the different situations that you might encounter over a period of a few months. But as soon as you sort of realize that if you ever clothes are everywhere, uh, there's clothing stores everywhere. Most of the world, the clothing is going to be even cheaper, but you can find anything you need. If you need hiking gear somewhere, you can get it. You can rent it or you can buy it. If you need something for the beach, if you need something formal, um, you can do that and just pick something up anywhere. So you don't actually have to always bring it with you and um and that really helps you cut down on how much you need because clothes are probably the the biggest thing that people take with them yeah um there's you know like uh, a lot of times before people travel they will stock up at home on certain things and what i've realized and what i noticed while being abroad is that 
the clothes that you can buy in those countries are made for those countries there. So let's say you're going to go to a hot country, whether it be South America or in Southeast Asia, there's no need to stock up on a bunch of tank tops and that kind of stuff here. Uh, even for girls, like, you know, like certain outfits and everything, because once you get there, the, the clothes that are made there, one is it's cheap and two is that it's made for that weather. So if you buy things in Canada or in the US or something, it might be made out of cotton, but over there it's going to be a lot lighter material and you can, you know, it's a lot uh, easier to wear. The other thing too is uh, if anyone's ever been to, let's say, Tulum or Bali, for example, or even uh, other places like in, in Brazil, Vietnam, is that there's like certain specific clothes that kind of match that country. And you remember when we were in Rio, we went and got those like colorful, <laughs> uh, those colorful t-shirts and everything that, that was like, we bought it because we were going to a uh, carnival party, but mm -hmm. it matched, it matched the Rio scenery. So every time we went out, we were able to just wear those and it just matched. But then, but then we went over to Buenos, Ar Buenos Aires, Argentina, and it was a city and the shirts didn't match as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the tropical shirts clashed a yeah. little bit with the high uh, upscale sort of life of the big city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you go place like Bali and Tulum and then they have like a different style that people, once you get there, you're like, oh, I want to wear that because it just matches that style there. So um, you can always pick things up as you go. There's no need to try to like grab a bunch of stuff before you go um, it's better just to travel light and then pick it up and i'm very proud to say that i still have my rio shirt um so <laughs> that's one of the things where i bought and i kept with me and now i sometimes take it out and um and i'm proud of my rio shirt even if it doesn't fit in every situation it still looks great <laughs> have you been able to wear it since though <laughs> yeah I've been wearing it. I've been wearing it. Well, I mean, it's convenient that I'm also near the beach now. So um, actually, it works great for the beach here, too. But uh, I did wear it in Paris, I think, a few times, which it definitely does not fit into the Paris scene. <laughs> but hey, whatever. It was hot. And uh, I like the shirt. So yeah, I, I have my matching shorts and shirt that if I was on a yacht or a boat, it, it matches perfectly. But anywhere else, uh, I haven't been able to to wear it since. So Yes. <laughs> but, the matching shirt and short combo. I just wanted a shirt, but sometimes they wouldn't sell you just the shirt by itself. You needed to get the shorts. Uh, it came as like a combo and it really doesn't look great as a combo, a matching shorts and, and a tropical shirt. Um, but uh, hey, whatever. When, when in Rio, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, just... Well, when you come... When you come home, that's, that's the other thing just uh, about clothes is that um, when you do come home and you've got your kind of all your stuff maybe in storage or that you sell your apartment, your place, and you have all the other things that you left there, it's kind of fun to come back and be like, oh my God, right, I have this shirt or these, these, uh, these outfits and things I can try on. And, and it's sort of like you can find, and it's kind of a fun feeling to finally be able to wear something different after you've been wearing the same, cycling through the same clothes for the past few months. Um, so it's kind of a nice way to sort of refresh and, and it's a nice feeling when you come home and you do that. Um, so it's, so I don't recommend just getting rid of everything you own. If you, if you love the, uh, traveling lifestyle, 
um, because it still is cool to come back and be like, oh yeah, this is like sentimental items that you have kept are great. Or, you know, for me, it was also like coming back to be able to have my like work set up and standing desk the way that I like it. Um, so it's great to be able to use that. Uh, so th that's kind of a fun thing, but you always come back with a n nice kind of sense of perspective on really, um, what you can and can't live without. Yes, for, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I think both of us are fortunate to have um, places back home where we can kind of leave stuff and be able to come back to and, and have those things there. But uh, like you said, it is nice. Like I have a bunch of, you know, blazers and things like that. And it's nice to put them on and look a little bit professional um, or just a little bit smarter, you know, when I go out sometimes compared to just wearing a tank top and some shorts and that kind of stuff. But I, I would prefer to be wearing shorts and a tank top every day all day compared to everything but it is nice there and I guess speaking of like storage because I've had questions with some people when they're when they've asked me like where do you keep your stuff like for you where do you keep your stuff when you're on the road or I guess like some of the things that you have that you don't want to throw away yeah so I've got um, two things one I get to keep some work related things in an office um so that's good uh, so my kind of technical stuff and work stuff is, is at the office. So that's great. Um, but then I have a storage, um, uh, kind of a storage unit and, uh, that I can access when I come back. Um, so I can get some of those things out of there. Um, okay. because I don't keep my apartment or house, um, when I travel. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, um, the way I do it is, is I sort of limited to whatever was, um, the minimum kind of I needed when I moved out of my place and started traveling, uh, put that stuff in storage. And then I realized a year later when I came back and was going through those things, I realized that actually half of the stuff that I put into storage, I don't need at all. <laughs> so I'd been paying for all this extra stuff to keep it stored that, that I realized I had absolutely no reason to be keeping it. So I kind of, um, uh, even pared down more uh, after traveling and seeing, okay, this is the only stuff that I really do want to keep because it actually has some sentimental value or um, has, has like a really good reason for each item to keep it rather than, okay, maybe I could use this extra like clothes or some plates or something that, that really it costs way more to store for a year than it does to just buy them uh, new when you come back. Yeah. And what do you, um, pay a month for your storage unit? Um, so I was using a storage service that um, uh, they basically brought you your things and, and uh, so, sort of like a storage concierge, concierge service. So um, it doesn't allow you to go and access your own storage unit. You have to sort of request a box and they bring it back to you. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, I think at first I was paying probably like $50 a month for it, uh, 50 or 60 maybe for the first year. And then I got that down to like about $30 a month when, when I realized I didn't need so much stuff. Okay. Yeah. There's, I've seen some different uh, options as well. So for, for other people who are looking for storage options, there's, I think it just depends on the size of the storage unit and what you're looking to store. So uh, there's options like that for me luckily you know i have um with my family being so close to where i am then i have a lot of my very important important things at my parents house that i brought down there and then i've left 
you know, certain clothes and that kind of stuff were at my, at my brother's house because usually that's where I'll stay when I come back. And um, and with him having a house, I was able to kind of keep some of my stuff that I had before and not have to throw everything away or, or give everything away. But um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, those, those parents things. and family are provider, great providers of storage units. Um, being yes. able to keep your stuff at your parents' place is fantastic. And But what I would recommend to stay on your parents' good side is make it all very organized and neatly packed and um, not spread out all over the place uh, because they'll probably get frustrated if they need the space if it's hard to actually get your stuff together and move it around. Um, so it, whatever you can do, if you can make it organized and neat um then um uh that'll probably save some uh save your parents some heartache yeah and then even before you do that storage there like don't just like my recommendation is don't just take everything you own and then just put into boxes and keep everything like still go through and do a cleanse of do i really need something and and really you know uh really look at what you actually use like my rule my rule is like, if I haven't used this in the last year, then I really don't need it. You know, you have like shirts and things like that, that you probably haven't worn for a long time and get rid of those. And then there's like certain things that uh, I'll for sure keep just because like, let's say a suit. Um, I have, you know, I have a couple different suits and I'm like, I wasn't going to donate those because there's going to be some time later on that I'm, I might need a suit. And then I'm like, I don't want to go buy a suit that time. So mm-hmm. I've kept those, but yeah, just, make sure you still go through a cleanse of your your items so that way when you're storing things you can still store a minimum and if you're going to use a storage unit for example you can get the smallest one and that way your monthly costs aren't that much or if you're leaving things at your family and friends house that is not taking up a lot of room yeah absolutely that i think that rule is really great i think for anybody in general whether you're traveling or not is if you haven't used something for a year do not um uh, d- d- don't keep it realize that you probably don't need it of course there's a couple of sentimental things that you may never actually use but you like to keep them around but in general look at all the stuff you're putting away or all the stuff in your apartment in your house look at each item do i have like some old cd player i haven't used in a year maybe it's time to get rid of it um i think that's a fantastic rule for everybody to apply to like slim down on the amount of stuff they have in their lives um, because an, an interesting happen, thing happens once you have less stuff in your place, what, this is whether you're traveling or not, you, um, you have a clearer mind, I find, in general. Because like, every time you look at stuff that, like, oh, I don't need that or that's just taking up space, it kind of feels it, – it's not only physical clutter in, in your space, but it's clutter inside your brain. Um, and once you get rid of it, it actually kind of cleanses your mind a little bit of stuff. Um, so it, it's a really great feeling. Um, to be able to do. And the other thing is somebody else may be able to use those things. I'm not saying just throw it away, but sell it, give it away, donate, um, get rid of stuff. If you haven't used them in a year, um, you're probably never going to use it again, but somebody else might. So it's much better to let them use that than just have this collecting dust on your shelves. Um, And I was going to touch on uh, one other item. Just uh, so that's, that's one piece of great advice is get everything, get, uh, rid of things at, if you haven't used them for a year. And then um, uh, the other thing is way that if you are going away and you're putting stuff your, your stuff in storage is weigh the cost of 
how much is it going to cost if let's say I leave for a year um, or six months, how much is it going to cost to store these items, part of the storage? How much is the space is this, this box of stuff taking up? And if I come back in six months or a year and I find I, oh man, I really needed that uh, set of plates, how much is it going to cost you to actually just buy that set of plates versus paying the, the storage place to store it? Where you may, where um, uh, one, you know, the stuff may actually be broken and maybe something may happen in the storage place, so you may lose it. And two, you're just paying for it anyways. Um, and if you could buy it again, the nice thing is that, well, you could actually buy newer things maybe or something better um, if, you're go if you do really actually need it again. Yes, very, very good point there. Even And even if it's like your first time traveling and you're not sure, you know, like if if you're going to be doing this long term or not, then, you know, maybe the, for the first while there, you can maybe just store your stuff there. But after the after you come back, like even this last trip for me here being gone for seven months, um, I can come back now and there's like things that I that I have. And I'm like, I, I might have kept it before because I thought I, I might need it or something. But over the last seven months being gone and, and not having like not even thinking about it I, I, like you know so many things that I, I never thought oh i wish i had that or something like that um but on the other hand as i was going there were things where i was like oh i wish i had i wish i had that or something like that and, and fortunately i was able to you know i had different friends uh, fly over to asia my brother and some other friends fly over to asia while i was over there and i was able to get them to to bring it over but um, you do realize, you know, it allows you to go and, and, like you said before, just really realize what you need and what you don't need. And when when you have less things, and you know, there's the the book and the Netflix show on minimalism and stuff. The less stuff you have, the less worry, the less stress. It's just it just feels really free to like not have to deal with so many different things like well, where do i put this where do i have this and um even just packing things up you know when i'm on the road there whatever i have all i know i know it everything fits into my suitcase and my backpack and that's all i have to do i don't need to like worry about should i bring this should i bring this it's just like i have what i have and i just need to pack it and then go on to my next location that's a really great point yeah absolutely having some perspective on this is really really great and uh, and then the other thing is that it's it's kind of hard to do yourself sometimes. So you can always ask a friend for some help um, because your friends are not going to have any attachment to your stuff, and they may be may be able to give you much more kind of perspective on what should you keep, what should you get rid of, what should you put in storage. Yeah, and I guess for 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 traveling, like I know. You know, you're you pack the same. Actually, when we talked about it before in, in the prior episode, where your suitcase and your backpack is even smaller than mine. But you know, um, can you give our listeners like an example of some things that you pack and some things that you are must-haves for you and that you always carry around with you? And just kind of we can give our listeners some tips on how to pack minimalistically. Yeah. So I. I... I keep in mind basically all that stuff that you were saying before, especially about being able to buy things anywhere. Um, so whenever I take an item, I'm thinking, okay, is this something that I'm going to need every day? And if it's not, is it something that I can just get at the location I'm at? 
Um, but uh, so there's there's things that are work related. Um, so those are critical uh, things that I have to carry with me. So obviously there's computer and um, kind of all the stuff related to the computer. I don't usually bring things like external keyboards or external monitors. I try to minimize that, but um, because I do have to bring a VR headset with me um, doing VR development work. So that takes up a bunch of space. Um, so I kind of take other less other computer stuff with me. I do like to have an iPad, um, which is not totally necessary, I would say, but it it's cool in two ways because one, it gives you an extra screen if you need it um, for your Mac. And then the other thing is it's easier to use on planes or travel to watch something or, or um, be able to take notes or do something, some smaller kind of work. Um, so that's a nice thing to have. Uh, in terms of kind of clothes, I usually travel with stuff that I can use in lots of different climates. So I don't aim for just one climate. Um, so I have a jacket that's a, a down jacket that um, is really good for cold weather and for um, kind of the spring weather as well. Um, and it folds up into a very tiny package. And so it was really important for me to have a jacket that I can just put fold up, put into a little bag um and uh, not be lugging around some sort of winter jacket um and then kind of close everything just sort of uh sort of whatever the minimum i can survive with um is so i'll have like summer stuff and like fall stuff so i'll have sweaters and things um i like to bring one set of nice things for going out um and so that's good. like i guess that's mostly like my sort of critical stuff i don't have uh, usually extra pair of shoes, but I have um, some either like sandals or flip-flops um, that I can take for uh, warm places and then just one pair of shoes for everything else. Um, the so With everything I take, I kind of try to see, if, is there a way I can use this in multiple places or multiple environments? So for my shoes, um, I uh, usually got the same pair of shoes that I really like that are comfortable um which not everybody likes but whatever <laughs> have you been able to find have you, have you been able to find a new pair yet i have to go back to canada usually to find it or <laughs> otherwise i have to get it online and mail it. Uh, it it's just it's not sold in stores around the world this is one of those things that unfortunately is not sold um around the world and this is a uh, merrill's um uh mock shoes uh moc uh, jungle mock shoes and uh, they're really comfortable. They, uh, I think, look decent. That you can take them out to like business meetings and nicer stuff. Um, you can walk around all day with them. They're good for, for summer. They're good. Uh, yeah, and they're really good for hiking too. That's the nice thing is they, um, you can go out to like uh, more rough environments with them. Um, up on like uh, anything that you would need like serious hiking shoes for. You can use these. So they cover a whole range, which is great. Like walking down, like walking down a mountain in Switzerland. Yeah, and, uh... yeah. <laughs> they work better than uh, sneakers for that. <laughs> so, if you're wearing sneakers, it could be a little more dangerous, as some of us know. But uh, these ones are pretty good. <laughs> Just to give everyone perspective, there, I was wearing sneakers. Well, we didn't realize it was that hard of a hike down. Um, but yeah, I was wearing sneakers. I ended up spraining my ankle, but uh, yeah, JJ was totally fine in his, but. Whether it was the shoes or the person, I'm, I'm not sure. But it's kinda, <laughs> I'd, I'd say this is shoes more. I'll give you that. It's a, 
so the, the thing is the shoes they don't look like they can handle any kind of hiking and so all of the other Swiss hikers on the trail they were all quite mad at me for going onto a trail with what looked like formal shoes um because uh the the Swiss definitely love their gear and being like perfectly outfitted for the situation so everybody that was Swiss that was on the hiking trails was fully dressed in all of the hiking gear that you could possibly want um and so there were three of us that were kind of just dressed however we felt like it. We didn't fit in uh, into the environment very well. No, we didn't know what kind of a walk, uh, and I'm doing air quotes right now, that it was going to be down. Um, and yeah, I was wearing white, you know, Nike sneakers and, and everyone's looking at us as they're passing us when they got like their, they got their poles, hiking shoes and everything. And uh, <laughs> they just looked at us and said, uh, Good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then as we went down, we realized it after. Um, yeah, just a couple things that you you mentioned there, JJ, like the the iPad as a second screen. That's a very good tip for a lot of people because uh, if you're using, um, a, let's say most, you know, if you're using a MacBook and you have an iPad, you can connect the iPad as a second screen now very seamlessly through the like the Apple uh, ecosystem. And so that's a great way to use a second monitor. If you're using a Windows, a Windows computer, I believe there is a program called Duet that allows you to connect your iPad as well as a second screen. So if you're used to working with multiple monitors, that's a very good option to keep things uh, minimalistic. I myself have a portable uh, monitor, 14-inch monitor, but it's from Lenovo and it's it's still very light. And I also carry an iPad. So. Um, I have a little bit more and so kind of like like JJ said the first thing is as digital nomads your first kind of thing that you're going to pack is anything related to work uh, JJ goes more minimalistic with just his laptop and I believe you just most recently got a, a keyboard that you carry now a portable keyboard yeah I don't really carry it with me but I I, I just um I leave it um um, I, I brought it with me to to where I'm staying now because I'm staying for longer term. But um, okay. uh, no, normally I wouldn't carry a keyboard. But a lot of people that I've seen at co-working places that are traveling do because they get like a little stand for their laptop to um, put the screen up a little bit higher. Um, so I guess that's good for ergonomics. And then if you end up doing that, you end up needing um, a Bluetooth keyboard. So there's lots of nice thin ones that you can get. So there's, uh, there's that. And then, and then for me, like I also carry some additional, um, video equipment. I got a drone and a small DSLR camera, GoPro and, and everything. So my, my bag actually ends up being a little bit heavier and a little bit bulkier than, uh, someone like JJ, just cause I have some extra equipment. And then for <clears throat> clothes related to climate, uh, someone like JJ, as he mentioned, he packs for kind of like all seasons. Whereas for me, I trying to stay in more uh, warmer climates. And so for example, this summer going over to Europe, it'll be summer. And then after that, going over to Asia. And so I pack more for warmer climate. And uh, so I have less things. I'll, I'll carry one light jacket, uh, one light jacket and uh, you know, one pair of jeans and another pair of pants and things like that. But every once in a while, and, and the reason why I still carry a light jacket and like a long sleeve and a pair of pants is that 
you know, the one time I was in Mexico, Playa del Carmen, where it was 30 degrees. And then I decided to go to San Cristobal. Uh, and I didn't realize that it was a lot higher up and the weather was a lot chillier. And so at night, yeah, you guys told me that you were <laughs> cold all the time in the Airbnb there. Oh man, at nighttime I had to wear, I was wearing my, yeah, I was just like bundled up and I had to wear the same thing every single night because I was the only, I only had one long sleeve shirt and one jacket and one pair of pants, uh, like that weren't jeans. And so I had to wear that every single night to go to sleep just to keep me warm. But, uh, you know, if you, if you plan, so it depends on, on what you're doing there. Obviously, if you're going out to other countries and you're not following you know, you can be there for different climates then packing carry on only might be a little bit more difficult but um if you're like me and just going for warm weather then you know that's a lot lighter and the other thing too is you know when you're when you're abroad and when you're in other places nobody cares what you're wearing actually even at home nobody really cares what you're wearing and i think the only person that cares is probably yourself but this is where it's like, well, you know, sometimes people think I need an outfit for this or what if I go out or whatever. And I'm just like, I wear almost the same thing going out. I have a pair of jeans and a, you know, a t-shirt uh, that I wear out. And then if I have to go out the next day, I'll go home and I'll put it in the washer in the morning and wear the same thing at nighttime. Or in some places you can just take your laundry to, uh, the place there and they'll wash and dry your clothes for you and a lot of times you can get it back within a couple hours or but in the same day so don't think don't think that you have to have all these different outfits and and that kind of stuff there for different events and and whatever and it's like well what if there's something and it's like if there happens to be some kind of formal events that you didn't pack for then you can go out and you can buy something that's still probably relatively cheap and still look good and then the other recommendation or the other tip that i do have is i don't like to bring or i don't like to carry expensive clothes with me because i send my clothes to other places to get cleaned a lot of times and you don't know you know if, if there's specific instructions on how to wash certain clothes you don't the last thing you'd want is to send something and get it back and it's like it's shrunk or color or whatever my sister sent in a white shirt and it came back blue <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is another good reason why not why you shouldn't bring a lot of like expensive clothes or fancy stuff with you because this could happen and, and one thing about the clothes kind of side so okay this is like i know what some people are going to say right away is okay well you guys uh you're a bunch of dudes that um <laughs> don't dress up that much uh and so of course you don't need anything but me i need different outfits because I like style. And, um, and I'd say that in general, that, that the thing that you said at the beginning of that with that, that other people didn't really care what you were dressed like or what, you know, what you were wearing or if you were wearing the same thing all the time, that part is really true that even if you love style and love wearing different stuff all the time, um, that you, if you realize that one part, you can know, okay, so it's really, it's just sort of up to me. How many styles I feel like going out with, but it has nothing to do with what other people are going to be thinking. And I saw this also in a lot of the girls that traveled in our group, or that you know, once you're staying in, in one place for a while, you meet the same people again, and we find okay, people are wearing the same clothes over and over again, and nobody really cared. We were there having 
uh, a great time. And uh, whenever we did need to do something nice or um, or something that was specific to a situation, like in Rio, we all went out and bought great shirts. I think I've seen, you know, some travel hacks from um, some female travelers on YouTube is that they'll make sure that the clothes that they have are able to mix and match quite well. And even for guys too, right? Like if you're, if you're bringing specific like matching outfits, then you can only wear that. But if you have shorts that, you know, if you choose colors that match with uh, different different types of like you know tops and bottoms and stuff then you have a couple different outfits you can have like two pairs of shorts and a couple different t-shirts and it and it looks like you have a couple different outfits right there so yeah uh, and we are not by any means experts in like the style of clothing area especially for women's clothes um but that what uh, we just said makes total sense is that you can actually um uh, mix and match everything, but you can also do tons of research online. There are a lot of great YouTubers and travel YouTubers and uh, uh, Instagram people that do that do specialize in this, and they will tell you how to like construct um, your wardrobe for traveling yeah. if that's really important. Yeah. yeah. Would you say now that you have like whatever's in in your suitcase and your backpack is like you've gotten it down to? a tea on like what you need and like how long did it take for you to be like to really realize okay this is exactly what i need here because for me like my from my very first trip last you know 2021 when i went to playa del carmen i brought one big suitcase in my backpack and then i ended up you know after a couple of weeks realizing i don't even wear like a bunch of this stuff here and same thing my brother met me in mexico and i was able to send some stuff back with him but it's taken me probably it took me about a year to kind of really really know what i need and what i don't need how was it for you yeah i think it's, that's all right you know it takes a little bit of time i mean i was doing um kind of whenever i was traveling before um if i was going somewhere for two weeks or something i was always into kind of minimalist packing because i just hate with a passion carrying too much stuff if i'm at the airport or anywhere I hate having uh, my hands full. Um, so like, that's why I got a jacket that folds up into a small bag um, because I really hated leaving Canada in the winter. You're wearing your big winter jacket and then you're going somewhere warmer where you can't wear it and you have to go through the airport and the bus and all this stuff carrying this giant jacket on your hands. Um, so whenever I traveled, I always just... Uh, tried to have as little with me as possible anyways um, so that I would always have my hands free and so uh, but then once I was doing it for longer term it's kind of like you as well so I think it took me like a trip or two um, so maybe six months to a year to kind of get that optimized um, and that's totally fine to, to, to realize the first loadout that you're going to have with your stuff is not going to be the optimal one um, it may not be the, the stuff that you find you actually need uh, but that's okay. You can go back home after a few months and optimize and uh, cut out some things, add some other stuff and, uh, and get better at it. Like one thing I realized everywhere I went to um, that you need is a, a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I noticed this when I was in Malta, when I was in all these different countries, you're always out. Like if you're going to the beach or if you're going hiking, somebody has to bring a Bluetooth speaker with them. Um, or, you know, it's something nice to just have all the time. 
And so that's one thing I ended up getting that now I attach, like I, I got the idea from you, it was like the, the um, JBL clip speaker, so you can just attach it to your bag. Um, it doesn't even have to take up space in your bag. And, um, and I use this thing all the time when I go somewhere. Yeah, that's a great speaker because it's one is it's waterproof, so you can bring it to the beach or next to the pool. Uh, and the sound, the sound is still pretty good for that little speaker there. It's a JBL clip. I'll put a link at the bottom. But um, yeah, and it just clips on, but it's it's great. Uh, you, know, you can use it anywhere, and it's nice. It's nice to have. Um, the one of the other, I guess, tips is. The smaller or the lighter you travel with, the easier it makes to get around. Uh, you know, some people like to use a bigger backpack and kind of do one big backpack on their back and then a smaller one on the front because they don't want to carry like, wheel anything around, which is fine. And then there's other people like us who have a smaller suitcase because we don't want to have that big thing on our back and then carry a backpack. But one of the benefits from traveling a little bit lighter and, and smaller like that is for example some countries you go to the grab grab or uber cars grab is sorry is in asia but like uber or grab which is the equivalent uh, to uber in asia sometimes you have like smaller vehicles that come and if you're let's say with a group of even two people to put your suitcase in sometimes it's a bit harder to fit and, and I, I noticed that there so um and then just even... <laughs> yes, we noticed that when we were moving in real from one apartment to another, one of the people in our group had a, a gigantic suitcase <laughs> that was big enough for any one of us to fit inside. I have no idea how she traveled um, with that thing, but it basically took up the entire trunk, so none of the rest of our suitcases could go in. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's that, and then there's also, and I also met. Um, uh, I ran into my neighbor in Playa del Carmen, and she was on the way on her way to the bus station. She had one, she had one big. I wish she, I think she might have had like two, like suitcases, like bigger ones, and she had to walk to to the bus stop or to the bus station, which is probably about a ten minute walk away. And I'm just like, I saw her, and I guess she was lucky that uh, I kind of just happened to be stepping outside the exact same time and I gave her a hand to walk over there. But yeah, like the more stuff that you have, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot trickier sometimes. And then every once in a while, sometimes the roads are not smooth. Like you have some places where it's like kind of like the stone streets or certain things and it's, it's quite difficult. So, you know, my, my recommendation and I'm sure yours as well is to, you know, the lighter you can travel, it makes things so much easier um i've seen other people where you know let's say in the philippines where they go to a different place uh and there's no dock and so they have to get out of the water and pretty much carry their their bags above them as they're walking in the water onto the beach to get onto the island that they're that they're on there so yeah if you slip or you trip or something all your stuff ends up being wet so or if you have like several suitcases, uh, good luck taking all that stuff back and forth. Um, this is this is the other thing that it touches on with, with the big kind of luggage is, is flights. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times you either have to pay for checked bag or you're gonna have to you're gonna have to check anything that's large. Um, and there's a risk with losing it if it's checked. Um, 
so if something happens to it or it gets damaged, um, that's a big risk if you have anything that's too big and requires checking. Yeah, and, and just even the cost as well, because if the, if you have a big suitcase, you have to check it in no matter what, right? And so going through, uh, you know, a lot of airlines these days will have the base price. And then if you want to have that checked luggage, you have to pay extra for it. And so the one thing with uh, having, you know, like a, a carry-on bag is that a lot of times you can take it on with you. Now, the one thing you have to be careful for is the discount airlines, such as, let's say, Air Asia in Southeast Asia or Ryanair or some of the other discount airlines, is that you can only bring one bag onto onto the suit or onto the airplane. So even if you have for us, like, you know, like a carry on and then your backpack, you might still have to check in your, your carry on. And so what I normally end up doing as a precaution is I will pay for the extra one. And a lot of times just the extra one that includes a checked baggage, the cost when you're buying the airplane ticket is not that much more. Uh, so I usually, will buy that one and then I'll try to always bring my carry-on with me onto the airplane when I'm checking in. And if they say something, then I can say, well, I already paid for the check baggage and then worst case scenario, they put it underneath the airplane. But the last thing you want to do is have to pay for the extra baggage at the airport because it'll always be way more. Yeah, they're always going to charge you a lot more for that. Um, and the um, one of the things that I as I was researching a lot when I was trying to get my luggage um, was the ability to be able to uh, have one luggage item. So my suitcase uh, and backpack zip together. So they become one item. So if I am at the airport um, and uh, the airline says, okay, your backpack is one item and your suitcase is one item, then I can actually just zip those together and just really have one slightly larger item. Um, and the nice thing about that is if I don't feel like carrying my backpack, I can just zip it onto the suitcase and then pull the whole thing along. Yeah. You do realize like the heavier, I've seen people carry those big backpacks and everything. And, uh, and, and for some people it works and everything, but uh, it, it does, you know, walking around with a big thing on your back on your back for a while, it does take a toll. It, you know, you, you do feel it. Um, so, you know, either get one with some good straps or, or whatever. Um, another thing yeah, I and noticed, I found that, oh, sorry, God. Oh, it's just really quick here. The, the other thing I noticed with airlines is that if you have anything on your back that a lot of times they don't ask you to weigh it. It's only if you have like the, the like a wheelie, like a, a suitcase. Yeah. Like, they'll make you put that on and weigh that to make sure that it's okay to go on the airplane. But I've seen people with bigger bags, like bigger than my suitcase itself. But because it's on their back, they don't ask them to weigh it. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah, because it's just a backpack then. Um, backpack. What, one thing I try to make sure um, is the other really good thing about um, having only carry-on stuff is if you can at all avoid it, and in many cases you can, not to go to the check-in counter. Make sure you're either checked in online or you can use one of the computers to check yourself in. Um, at the airport, because if you go to the counter, that's when they start looking at your bags and start seeing, okay, maybe your your checked uh, your your bag is too big to be a carry-on or something. But if you already have your boarding pass, you just walk up and and no one's really going to bother you. Um, 
in general. Um, so this doesn't work everywhere. Some places you have to show your passport and to get your boarding pass. So, um, yeah. But if it's possible, try to get your boarding pass and not and avoid the check-in counter at all costs. For sure. And and as you as you travel and you'll you'll realize that or you'll hear different tips from from different people. But like same thing happened in Vietnam. So if you're going through domestic, if you're flying domestic, uh, Air Asia or one of the discount airlines. A lot of times you can just check in online, have your boarding pass. And that's what we did. Even as a family, we had our boarding passes. We went through and they didn't make us weigh our, our carry-ons or anything like that. And like my my carry-on suitcase is like 15 kilograms and my backpack is almost 15 kilograms as well too. And so if they make me check or weigh it, then they're definitely going to make me check it in. But um, in if you're flying internationally in Vietnam, you everybody has to go through the check-in counter. And so that's the only thing there. And so I've, when I've flew to other countries through a discount airline in Vietnam, I always just paid for the extra one and then hoped that they wouldn't check, make me check it. But almost every single time I checked it um, and kind of going back to the risk of losing your suitcase, one of the best purchases I've made so far over the last year or two were uh, Apple AirTags. And so, mm, put, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I use that too. Yeah. Put that, put that, you know, in the suitcase and then it allows you to at least know where your suitcase is. And so for me landing, checking on my phone that my suitcase is in the same country or in that area there makes me feel a lot better than, um, not knowing at all. And then if something were to happen to your suitcase and just not knowing where in the world it is, because I've seen other people, you know, their flight was from, one place to another, but then when they couldn't find their suitcase, eventually they found it in like a random country across, you know, in Europe when they didn't even, they were flying it in North, in North America. <laughs> so. This is, yeah, this happens. And if you want to reduce the risks of, of things like that happening, um, try to, this is again, another benefit of traveling light. Um, it's much better to go and buy something that you need in your destination than, carry it with you and risk losing your entire luggage um, or get having it delayed uh, or paying an additional fee. That's the other thing is like, if you think, okay, a checked luggage, sometimes it costs $50 for a checked bag. Um, for $50, you can buy yourself some clothes. <laughs> you can, yeah. you can actually buy yourself some stuff. Um, so why are you paying the airline to carry it for you when you can um, get yourself something nicer and newer at the destination? Um, rather than yeah, rather than wasting that money at the airline. Yeah. So really quick, JJ, we'll we'll kind of wrap things up here. Um, top three, top three must-haves. Like, you know, as people are packing, they're like, "Do I need this?" Do I, wherever, no matter where you go in the world, what are the top three things that are like you just you just got to know you have, and then everything else is either you can buy or you know you, you don't need to stress out about it. Um, uh, wireless, uh, noise canceling headphones, uh, I would say that's something that you need, uh, all the time, whether you're at a co-working place on, during transit on a plane or something. Um, I personally use AirPods pro, um, for them because I don't like any of the big headphones, but, um, the noise canceling is not going to be as great as those bigger headphones. Um, what about you? What's one, one of those three things? I'll keep you're, thinking the other ones. Yes. Well, so, um, I, I always, my rule is the, 
the two things that I always check before I go is passport and wallet. Those two right there, as long as you have those, you have your passport so you can leave the country and you can get into another country. And if you have your wallet, you can buy anything that you need. So, you know, as you're packing and everything, always remember, don't worry about everything else. It's like, as long as you have your passport and your wallet, you're good to go. And then everything else yeah. you can buy. And then, um, yeah, so, and then the third one would probably be, well, the third one for me is my laptop, just because that's my, that's how uh, I, I need that for, for work. Uh, and so those would be the top three. But I do agree with you on the noise canceling headphones. Uh, I myself, I have, you know, a pair of AirPods Pro, but for longer flights, just because these ones don't last as long, but for the longer flights there, uh, and I always wear them on the airplane are, I have some Sony uh, noise canceling headphones and they are great because once you turn on the noise canceling, you have some music or you're watching Netflix, you don't hear anything around you. And so if you're very sensitive to babies crying or just even that, the white noise that you get on the airplanes and you don't re realize until you have those headphones, how much of that, you know, that noise is there. Um, they're, mm. they're great. So I would definitely recommend getting a good pair of noise canceling headphones. Cause once you have them, you'll be like, you'll, you won't regret buying them. Okay. I've got another item, um, which is, uh, blue, a, um, uh, external battery. Um, I think because so much of the stuff we have with us is all battery powered. So our phone is so important to have. Yeah. Um, so having some sort of a small battery pack, uh, is really, really helpful. Um, I don't like to rely on it. I like to just make sure that I always have my phone charged up. Um, but in emergencies, it's so useful. And um, last thing you want is be stuck somewhere um, and you need to add, get access to your phone um, if there's something really important going on. And related to that, I would say that's also really important um, is a um, international roaming plan for your phone. Um, so I always make sure that mine, uh, my roaming plan is like up to date and whatever one I'm using, uh, whatever service I'm using for that, I will make sure that, um, that's set up and ready to go, um, so that I can use my phone when I land in a new country. Um, and I, uh, I'm, I'm either ready to set up and I don't have to go like searching for Wi-Fi somewhere. I find that that just helps me, um, get going easier. Yeah. The JJ's lucky cause he's got this awesome international phone plan out of uh france that allows how much is it again and what and what do you get for it yeah so um europe seems to be way ahead um uh, of north america in terms of the cell phone plans they offer um so this one offers like 200 gigabytes within france of data per month um which is a crazy amount that i never use and then uh, 20 gigs of roaming around the world per month. And that's pretty much most places around the world. There's a few exception countries, but in general, if you go, if I fly to Canada or US, this plan is less expensive than me getting a plan in Canada and for me to use this one to just roam in Canada. Even if I was living in Canada full time, I would still use this French plan because it's just so much cheaper than any Canadian option. Um, and the fact that it has this incredible 20 gigs of roaming, um, so my phone is always working. But obviously this is not available to, any, to everyone because you need to 
um, be able to buy this plan in Europe, um, in France. But before that, I was using um, one of two things, which is uh, Google Fi. So if you're a U.S. resident, you can get this. And Google offers a cell phone service with um, roaming, uh, international roaming that doesn't cost you anything extra. Um, so you can just use regular, da- regular data uh, as if you were in the States. Um, so that one's really, really great. I was using that for a while. Um, but if you don't have option to that, then there's a ton of eSIM offers um, on the app stores. And so you can find these are just apps you download. And if your phone is compatible with that, it will install like a SIM right in the phone. Um, And then you can choose what countries you want it to be valid for. Um, They end up being a little more expensive than buying any kind of local data, but it's, uh, it's really worth every penny because having your phone ready to go and working um, in a new country when you land is fantastic. Yeah. Great. Great tips there. And I think um, I think we'll do an episode on all the useful like uh, apps, travel apps, um, and just different little things like that, getting into the phones, eSIMs, um, and you know phone numbers that kind of things that we have uh, found out over the last couple of years or the last you know bit here while our, while we've been traveling. and that's made it very helpful and useful as we've gone on and because i think we can do a whole episode just on that there so uh jj once again thank you very much for uh this episode here i hope you guys got a lot of value out of this we actually didn't plan to do a whole episode on minimalism and minimalistic travel here but it just uh the conversation just kind of kept going but i think there was a lot of useful tips there and if you guys have any questions feel free to leave us a comment or reach out to us directly on instagram email which will all be linked down below. So yeah, thanks so much for listening guys. And and thanks for all the great feedback so far we've received and, um, and the personal messages people have sent um, and the questions. So we really appreciate it. Please keep it coming uh, for for any questions you have. And we're happy to to keep uh, talking about this as, as long as you guys are listening. Yeah, for sure. And like we we mentioned before is like, just if there's any topics that you want to listen to, or you want to, know more about um let us know as well because we either between jj and i have the knowledge or we have uh, other friends who are doing the exact same thing that can provide that knowledge as well so thank you very much thanks guys great to talk to you again all right see you next in the next episode see you buddy bye